Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana. And I'm Brooke. And this is episode 93. Today, we're going to be talking about Fear the Walking Dead, season six, episode two, and The Walking Dead World Beyond, season one, episode three. Before we dive in, how are you doing today, Brooke? I'm doing really, really good. How are you, Diana? I'm doing great. Yeah. So we're on a recording roll tonight. So um, we're recording on a Friday night. We're dressed up in our Halloween outfit. We're recording remotely. So we're we're doing good. We're we're we have a productive Friday evening. Yeah, it reminds me of like watching PBS and they're like doing the fundraisers and then the people will call <laughs> yes. on the phone and all the people in the background. Yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I so like we are it. taking donations. I'm yes, I was, thinking, I was just going to say, <laughs> we'll take just subscribers. Can you just subscribe? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So, Brooke, in thinking about this episode entitled Welcome to the Club, it oh, had yeah. me it had me thinking, have you ever joined a club and why? I mean, what what made you join the club if you have? Cuz there's music and dancing <laughs> and people and drinks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, not that. Not going to the club. Going out to the Join. club. Oh, that kind of club. Yeah, you're right, because I have been to that kind of club before. <laughs> yes, let's see. A club. I don't think so. Not that I can recall. Honestly, the only thing that, like remotely close to a club that I could even think of is high school, like a youth group. That yeah. was kind of a club. Yes, like, yes. I, yeah, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I love being in youth group. We, you know, friends and uh, the pastor. And I still think of our pastor that, uh, you know, he, we had a big white church van and it fit like 12 kids and we would just go everywhere. Like, I, we've even like broken down in that van and <laughs> sing, we would sing our church songs and Aww. stuff. <laughs> so it was great. I love that, it, you know. So yeah, that would be club for me. What about you? Well, that's funny because that's all, practically the same thing that I was going to bring up because I was racking my brain too. I'm like, have I joined a club? Have I joined a club? I was trying to remember. I mean, when I was a tiny, really young kid, I joined the Pink Panther Club and I got my oh, little Pink Panther button. Um, like that was an official club when I was, a. I mean, I don't even know. I was so young. Um, but I started thinking, have I joined a club? And I'm like, oh, I had, a, I belong to a youth group too. And, but we accidentally found our way in. I don't know how it was, but it was Wednesday nights. It was teen club night or something like that. And, uh, me and my friend Michelle would, again, I don't know how we were introduced, but they would have this meal and then they would you know, have their little uh, Bible study, but we always like, crashed in on the part where they were having like volleyball or whatever they were playing for that evening. But of course, we wanted to go because, we, you know, the boys were cute there. We're like, oh, these boys are cute. And so we loved going every Wednesday night when we were young to this youth group. And we went for a couple few years and That's it was awesome. fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was just a fun 
time remembering that's a very fond memory so yes so it it would be the same for me about a club that's great that's great I'm glad to hear that I mean I think it's so important to have that support and so uh, right now Dominic he's in seventh or I'm sorry he's in sixth grade and he's in a club so I just I just think that's really special that you will have that experience yeah 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 That's so so cool. Yeah. But we've shared our experiences with the club at night. No. Uh, Like such an alter ego, right? (laughs) Nightclub. Youth group. (laughs) Two very different types of clubs. (laughs) But uh, friends out there, let us know. Have you ever joined a club and why? How did it affect you? Like, we just want to know more stories about what kind of clubs are out there because there are so many clubs um, in different age groups now. Like, I have clients in high school and in college, and, you know, I'm always asking, like, are you in a club? What club are you in? There's so many. It's incredible. What do you think? Have you ever joined a club? You can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens or at our Screens and Focus Facebook page. You can also follow us on our Instagram, and you can subscribe to our website and our YouTube channel. The link is in our show notes. Moving forward, Diana, what were your overall thoughts on episode two? Welcome to the club. I like how you say Diana. <laughs> You're Diana. Diana. And I'm like, yes. So, oh, welcome to the club. <laughs> right? Yes. So I was so glad to see Strand and Alicia and Charlie and Daniel in this episode. And we found Strand and Alicia cleaning latrines and Daniel as a barber. So, you know, it was all, it was good to see them. And then we were introduced to Dakota and I thought she looked like Virginia when I saw her. So it wasn't surprising to find out that they're sisters. Um, So, and she seemed very likable, uh, unlike Virginia. So it'll be interesting to see what her character brings to the show. And oh, yeah, this episode was directed by Lenny James. I think it may have been his first. uh, I think it was his directorial debut. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Not completely sure about that, but I know he did direct this episode. So what were your overall thoughts on this episode? Well, you know, it was great seeing more of our group and how they're holding up in Ginny's group. And oh my gosh, this episode was so very intense for me. There was like slime, a warehouse horde, and double crossers. I mean, really, what more could we ask for? <laughs> I was wondering what that slime was. I'm like, yeah. what is that? What is- I oh, guess this- it was molasses or something. I don't know. Yeah, but it was like slippery. Yeah. So yeah. that was bizarre. It was but- almost like the blob. I know. And it was like oozing out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's in there? It was crazy. <laughs> crazy. It was so scary. It like, was. Those walkers at your feet. Yeah. What stood out to you in this episode? Oh my gosh. That strand is back. 
That's what stood out. So, uh, okay, both he and Alicia get into trouble for confronting a ranger and are sent to the warehouse to clear out walkers. And it's the same place that all the people died at the opening of the episode, with the exception of Sanjay, who survived only because he was too afraid to help out. And so then Strand hatches a plan to overtake the ranger so they can escape. Yes, and then... Dakota was discovered at the factory by Strand and Alicia, and so she tells them that there's this weapon inside, and if they get to it, they'll be able to live at Lawton. But when she opens up about Strand's deal that he had made with Ginny, Alicia was totally confused. Yeah, I think she felt a little like, what's he, you know, why is he making plans behind my back? Or what was it? You know, she was. Yeah. But, you know, Alicia's so smart. She, you know, she tells Strand that, you know, we don't want to risk that. I think we should just clear the walkers and use whatever that weapon is against Virginia. Yeah. And he ended up going with her plan and he didn't follow his gut. So... I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, I think that triggered some changes in him later on. But I have to say, these were intense scenes with letting the walkers out and how they got overpowered and Sanjay left his post again. And of course, Strand takes matters into his own hands and ends up sacrificing Sanjay for the group, but tells the group that Sanjay wanted to help them and put his life on the line. So I was thinking, wow, Strand, this is such a Shane move that when he sacrificed Otis, that's what it reminded me of here. I I completely agree. Um, That was, uh, I was conflicted with that, but I mean. I was too. uh, That's Strand for you. So, um, But then when we saw Dakota in the beginning, she seemed to have leverage upon those rangers who were intimidating Strand and Alicia. So there was one ranger that said to leave them alone while the other one had Strand at gunpoint. And I would be scared if someone pointed a gun to my face. But when Dakota came to the fence, she demanded that they leave Strand and Alicia alone. And they did with no issue. I knew at that point, either she was an important character or there are rules at Lawton that they have to obey. But Alicia, uh, when they were being taken away in handcuffs and walking through the town, Alicia thanked Dakota and she and Strand were being taken uh, to, I'm guessing at that point, uh, to Virginia. And so then Dakota appeared to seem curious about them and even told them, I know who you are. Yeah, you know, I really like her. And I hope that she's going to be a pivotal part in them fighting against Virginia. I Yeah, I think so too. It's That's going to be hard. Uh, I feel that maybe Alicia has overcome some issues that she was having. Uh, because remember in the last season, she was like uh, unable to kill Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and so maybe this time has given her a break of that, like like literally lighting poo on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but we see Alicia and Strand 
eventually get separated. And I just hope that Strand has a, a plan for them and he's not going to turn his back on her. But now that Strand has that lead position, I feel that she was let down and then just added more confusion. Yeah. Um, because it sounds kind of manipulative, like what he's doing, but he tells her that he won't bring her down (laughs) with him. It's just weird because before that he's like, Oh, I I need you in my life. I I can't live without you. Like, it's just, it was very contradictory. I agree. I was confused a little bit too. Yeah. And then as for Charlie, I was so happy to see her. Um, she was also in that molasses factory and I guess she was put there for trying to escape. But it sounds <laughs> so much like Charlie to escape, right? I mean, we've seen that in the past where Charlie is desperate to find a solid home for the group. So she just has that, like, runaway uh, lifestyle. But it's it's like she's trying to be good and do things for the better good, you know? And um, I, I had thought about, it's funny, but when uh, they pulled her, you know, when they saved her, uh, when Dakota saved her, correct? And she goes over and she tells her, thank you. And I think Alicia says, are you okay? And looks her up and down. I thought, oh my God, Charlie killed your brother. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, I, oh, I, sometimes right. I forget these uh, characters past. So um, for a moment, it did come back up, you know, that I was thinking about it. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Gosh, I wonder how she's feeling. Yeah. And coping. I know. Oh, and so Daniel, I wondered if it was all an act with Daniel, you know, about him not remembering the group and At first, I thought this would not be a good move for Daniel's character, but it it left me wondering. I'm like, oh, did he really did they really do something to his memory? Is he really that or is he just pretending? I hope he's pretending because I need Daniel. I need Daniel. And I felt sorry for Charlie um, wondering if Daniel had to pretend to not remember her and their relationship. Yes. You know, Charlie tried so hard to influence Daniel to remember who uh, he was. And she plays a song for him on the guitar that he taught her. And as he recognizes the song, he doesn't remember her. That's so sad. I know that he did remember the traveling Wilburys. I thought that was so cute. Yeah. I know. It's like, how does he remember certain things and not other things? So, right. And I kept wondering what procedure did Virginia do on Daniel and to others to think that she erased his memories? I don't know. I mean, so when we see Virginia getting her haircut by Daniel, Alicia speaks to him And he's like, you know, he doesn't recognize her. And she genuinely asks him if he's okay. And he's like, I don't want any trouble. He's like, have I cut your hair before? (laughs) Really, really playing this up, right? Yeah. And so then Ginny says that his mind is full of cards, but his cards are all mixed up. And Daniel looks like he's in really bad shape as far as like his mind goes. I mean, he he really, if he's got anyone fooled, it's me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this big scar on his forehead. I mean, uh, Strand shot the man in his face. Like, but what, what happened to him 
while he was with Jenny. But Jenny did say that he wouldn't go without a skid mark. His I cat. know, of course. And so <laughs> yeah. I just don't know what they did to him. Like it just looks like he got smacked in the head with a hammer, or I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, the man they, is tough. I think they went in. They were probably trying to do a lobotomy or something. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it should look like. Oh, that's true. Um, that's true. Jack Nicholson and one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know? <laughs> That's like, true. Like, cut the scalp off or something. I don't yeah. know. I well, just, like... That was in the 70s. Him? We're in 2020 now, so... <laughs> I don't know when that was. I'm just thinking <laughs> they've come up with... You know, now you can go with a scope. And yeah, you just go up your nose. <laughs> I don't know. Where do you go? <laughs> Ask uh, Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> I know, right? That's so funny. Yeah. So do you have any other thoughts about this episode? I loved it. It was so good. Yeah. So after the group cleared all the walkers to get the weapon, they found nothing. And Virginia tells them that she was looking for the person who could do it and promote Strand and gives him a pioneer key. And then that's when the ranger tells Strand, welcome to the club, as he wears his badge. Oh, wow. Uh, and you know what? For that moment, I was thinking, this was Alicia's plan. So how did it get to be uh, Strand's plan? Do you know? Because Strand yeah. wanted just to wipe out the rangers and leave. But it was uh, Alicia who said, no, let's clear it. And um, which is what they did. So really, it was her plan. But she's not getting credit for it. So... Anyways, so, but, you know, he's wearing the badge, and um, at first, I didn't understand why Strand was pushing Alicia away, but as I thought about it, I realized it's because the Strand he needs to be to get them out of there, he needs to be without her seeing him. I don't think he can look himself in the face, or not in the face, he can't look himself in the mirror if he wants to be and do the things that he's capable of doing. Oh, yeah. And I think he realized that because I think someone asked him, oh, it was Sanjay. Sanjay said, why didn't you just shoot the Rangers? And he goes, yeah, why didn't I shoot the Rangers? So I think at that point he realized he should have done what he wanted to do, but he followed Alicia's plan. And so I guess he's feeling like Alicia's making him second guess decisions and I think he doesn't want her there he just wants to go with what he thinks which may not be the best thing and doesn't want to get her hurt or jeopardize her so that's what I think and oh my goodness I loved how much Strand was speaking Spanish oh yeah I thought it was so cool it was so much but then I remembered his boyfriend was Mexican so you know and I think oh my god that seems like it was ages ago that they were in Mexico. That was a long time ago. But yeah, I, I loved um, that part of Fear the Walking Dead. That, that was such a good introduction to the show. All the, all the craziness and the yacht and... Yeah. Going, yeah, all of that. that was, yeah, it's, it's good to uh, kind of revisit that with his language. Yeah. I thought it was really cool that um, Alicia had gotten her cool weapon back. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. It looks like it's like a nozzle to a 
I, I don't want I don't you to know say, what it is. I know. Yeah, that's just going to really show who I am and I, how much pipe, I know about guns. Some, no, it looked like some pipe with metal holes and yeah, but it, I think it's from a edge. gun, like a oh, probably a, a machine gun. It's ah. like something, but it's yeah. like perfectly. It has a handle on it and everything, so it's, yeah. it's cool. I'm glad that she got that back. And and when Virginia pulled it out of the desk, I was like. <gasps> She's back. <laughs> yeah. Um. So with that molasses factory and those people being all slippery and taken by walkers, um, that was so creepy. Yeah. I mean, and like how easy and how strong these walkers were able to like grab you and get you off your feet and pull you in and like how scary that would be to witness that. Yeah. I don't know. That was, that was so creative. That was good. That was good. Um, and then also Daniel tells Morgan that he needs a haircut when he sees him. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was so typical of Daniel. Yes. This is what leads me to believe that he has his memory. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I just, I'm, and he's, he's good with, uh, torture. Like he knows how to interrogate. So I mm -hmm. think he just, I, I really do think that he's playing. Oh yeah. So, um, I also want to know, Diana, if you could give your award to your favorite quote, character or moment, who, or what would you give your award to? My favorite moment is when Daniel hears a whistle and makes the ranger go get his scissors. And then Daniel repeats the whistle and Morgan appears and he says, I could use your help. And that's when Daniel says, you could use a haircut. And it's so good to hear Daniel say, good to see you, Morgan. And they yeah. shake hands. So, yeah. I'm thinking good that Daniel was putting up an act and great to see Morgan show up. So, yes, I totally agree. At this point, I'm like, oh, he just was putting a front because he doesn't trust Strand. And he just needs to make that cover, you know, with Alicia and Charlie and everything. But he also knows that he can trust Morgan and um, their relationship. But really, Morgan showing up, I was shocked. I, when those feet came up, I'm like, who is that? Who is that? I'm like, oh my God, it's Morgan. So I loved yeah. seeing him, you know, last week on that episode and at the end of this episode that he's connecting with them. So I was thrilled. So Brooke, tell me, who do you give your award to? What was your favorite quote character or moment? Well, I love the Alicia and Strand team and I love that they're working closely together and Strand I'm, I'm hoping that he's being protective of Alicia and himself in his heart. And I just really, really like these two characters and I like them together because it like they, he has a special bond with Alicia because he had a special bond with, um, her mother. Uh, yes, Madison. Madison. Thank you. I was like, M, M. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to give my award to those two for, for figuring out how to get into that, uh, warehouse with the walkers and using the cattle run. Yes. And then him, you know, unfortunately Sanjay had to die, but it was like, he was weak anyway. Like you don't really need to be around 
So if somebody has to go, it's going to be you. Oh, great. Because Brooke's going to throw me out to the, you know, I'm like, we're in the we got to like, get Diana. rid of the loose ends. Oh, God. <laughs> he yeah. told me that he wanted to go. So I was like, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my true. gosh yeah but um, so yeah I just really thought that that was a very good episode to yeah. see these people again yes ooh. as far oh yeah no I was gonna say we get to see Dwight next episode I think so I'm gonna love it oh great it. Yeah. oh I'm so excited yes. yay yeah oh that's so cool I'm really looking forward to that I didn't Me even too. know that yeah <laughs> okay so with The Walking Dead The World Beyond Season one, episode three. I can't believe it's already been the third episode. Yeah. What did what what stood out to you in this uh, episode? Well, this third episode, it felt a little bit slow paced to me, and I think I wanted more to happen than what was happening. Um, I thought they were going to reveal something big about Silas, but nothing really ever came to light that that I saw, unless I missed something, except for that maybe he has a crush on Iris. Uh, maybe they haven't revealed it yet um, because they showed that about his family, just like little flashbacks. But I felt like I never really found out anything substantial, um, except for that people tend to be kind of bullying him. But I, I kept try- waiting to see if he was going to lash out to somebody. Also, Hope has been carrying around this guilt that she feels about getting her mom killed 10 years ago. And I was glad she got it off her chest to her sister. And I was happy to see that although Iris had wished that Hope had told her sooner, that she didn't hold it you know, this grudge against her because, I mean, Hope was a little girl when this happened. So, and and really, I mean, she was a little girl with just things happening. I think she's taken a lot more blame than she should have because I really don't think it was her fault at all. It was just something that happened. Yeah, but I can understand her just wanting to, what if, what if this, yes. that. Oh, yes. Poor girl. Yeah, I do feel bad for her. Yes. Yeah. But I'm saying, yeah, I don't really feel that she's really guilty of anything. Like I said, she was a kid. She was screaming. That's like normal, right? I mean, you're like, ah, what's happening? And then her sister, Iris, was so good about it. She just held her and was like, you should have told me this because like she's a very strong influence and she's really, really smart and supportive. And uh, she started this conquest. So Iris can handle a whole lot more than Hope probably can give her credit for. Yeah, I agree. What'd you think? Uh, okay, so Barca visits Boss Lady, and I, I was going to find out her name, but I can't remember, the la- the head lady yeah. of the CRN. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so he visited her at her home, and he confesses to her that neutralizing the threat was wrong, and he tells her that, you know, they didn't seem like a threat at all. So then she praises all that all about her community of 200,000 people that they have built, including currency and even law. Barco was committed to the CRM health and welfare complex until he's deemed ready to serve again. So she put him on probation, right? And like she turned on all the electronics and gas in the stove and food, like medicine, bullets. Like she's proving to him that there's, we have all this resources. Yeah. Think again. He's like, yeah, no, he's not ever going to be ready to go back to believing her way. 
So I'm glad that he stood up to her. Somebody has to, because that was completely out of line to just annihilate a town. Yeah. And so what she did was wrong. She later seemed like she was admitting to herself that she may have or is dealing with her own emotions that she's withholding. And then she ends up shedding tears upon a map. I was going to rewatch and find out what this map was because there was like an arrow mm. drawn on the map near where the teardrop fell. Yeah. So I have to look into that again and see what that could mean. Um, and then as for Silas, I don't know why his hands were bloody in his flashbacks, but clearly his grandparents meant a lot to him. So I don't know if he was involved in something bad and why he needs a fresh start. It looked like he may have been doing CPR on a person. I don't know what, what happened, but I think we need to understand uh, that his new group with Iris, Hope, and Eli will be his family or a fresh start that he was looking for. And now Felix and Huck are included as they are headed to Omaha for safety. So I look forward to what will happen next. I think that having the group with Iris, Hope and Eli was his, in his mind, the fresh start because they kept implementing that in his flashbacks. Like his mm. uncle was like, Oh, he, this is a fresh start, fresh start, fresh start. And I'm like, why do they keep emphasizing this? So, yeah. you know, I'm guessing that this is because like when they were in the tree house, he kept like having memories or like flashbacks of the tree house that night with these new people. And I just think that he, whether he's in love with Iris, I think he's just, found his new family. Yeah. So I really liked that episode. It was good. Really good. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, so what else are you currently watching? Well, the voice started again, which I was thrilled because, you know, I love singing challenges and I love, um, Gwen Stefani is back on and, uh, along Blake Shelton, John Legend and uh, Kelly Clarkson, and they're just all great judges, and they have great singers. Of course, they have no audience, but it's okay because it's, you know, you see the singer come out and you see the judges fight for that singer, and it's just fun. So I'm not really missing the audience at this point. So I'm I'm good. Like, it feels like a real show, and I'm just thrilled that it's back on. So I'm loving it. But um, the Connors started this week, and it was so good. The jokes are so well written. It's a COVID episode. It made me laugh. The family is struggling as usual. But these are real issues, and they're so funny. The restaurant is struggling. Um, You know, Dan's being evicted. And then there's a scene. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. There's a scene where Jackie reminisces about uh, the place that her and Roseanne used to work out because it's hiring again. So she's reminiscing and she has a flashback and she says, oh, yeah, there was a guy, Booker, who used to look like George Clooney. And it's so funny because it really was played by George Clooney back in the day in the 80s when he was super young. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And so she says it. And of course, you bust out laughing because, you know, it really is George Clooney. And um, 
But the episode is so good and well-written. The jokes are hysterical. Um, they're all trying to be six feet apart. And and the, the sun is over there with that that shield. Like that, you, what do you call that shield that you wear? Uh, he's wearing that in his, fa- in his house. And he's also, oh. he's spraying everybody. And he's just, and taking everybody's temperature. And Aww. it's just hysterical. So it's very fun. So if you haven't watch the Connors, you should, because it is pretty funny. Um, I wanted to bring up a round, a red table talk. That's that. Um, uh, it's on Facebook. Um, it with Jada Pinkett Smith and her daughter, Willow and her mom, Adrian. Um, they actually had a segment on consent, sexual consent and the gray area it was so riveting i was like this is so interesting they had rumor willis on it they had amber rose on it they had deandre levy on it it's about 25 minutes and it was really good so i would recommend anybody to go watch that it's on red table talk on facebook you can just go into your facebook log that in and you'll see the episode but it was really good i liked it and for movies, I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, this is uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote and directed this film for Netflix. And the film is based on the infamous 69 trial of seven defendants charged by the federal government with conspiracy and more arising from the counterculture protests in Chicago at the 1968 Democratic National Convention. It was star-studded cast, Sasha Baron Cohen, Eddie Redmayne, Gordon Joseph Levitt, and there was even more. That's just a couple of people. I really enjoyed this movie because I like to learn things about our history, and it really resonated with what's happening in the world today. So um, I liked it. it. It's a little bit slow, um, but I like that it was fact you know, ba- well, I shouldn't say factual. It was based on true events, I should say. Okay. So I found it very informative. Cool. So, yeah, I watched the trailer. Oh, you did? Yeah. I love seeing who's portraying who and and then it tells you at the end what happened to the real people. But I have to say the judge in this was driving me crazy. He kept ruling against the seven uh, people. And one of them was a was an African-American male who had nothing to do with these people, but he was grouped together with them. Oh, my gosh. I, I, You have to watch it. It was just crazy how the courts or this judge had so much authority. And no matter what any of the um, defendants or their lawyer said, he was throwing it out or objecting it or not letting it in. And you're like, no, you're driving me crazy. Wow. So it was very, yeah, it was very aggravating at times. So wow. anyway, so tell me what you're watching, Brooke. Okay. So uh, a few days ago, I had watched a documentary on Netflix and it's called A Murder, The Family Next Door. And this documentary was filmed by Jenny Popplewell. It's about the 2018 Watts murders and Chris Watts. Uh, he's the man of the house. He was pretending that his wife and kids left him, or maybe they're just missing, hiding. Well, basically, he was playing along 
knowing that he is the one that killed his family. His wife, Shanann, and his daughters, ages three and four, are missing, and her medication was left at home. Her cell phone was also left at home. Her car was in the garage. Shanann's friend, who dropped her off the night before, is the one that reported the suspicious behavior. Shanann was not getting back to her. That's unusual. She called the police. They came to her house. They did a well check. They got in the house. Uh, Her husband was, like, unaware that she had been non-responsive. So as they're going through the house, the police have body cam on. So you can see what they're talking about. You can see the worry in her friend's face. And it's just a different type of... Uh, behavior that her husband was displaying knowing that his wife and two baby girls are not within contact. I mean, all her stuff is still at home. And they even visited the neighbor next door or across the street to see if they had any video feed uh, or any suspicious behavior. I mean, this man was completely playing along. And Shanann was also pregnant with a baby Mm. and uh, early pregnancy, but still pregnant. And it's not okay. So this documentary is extremely chilling. The recommendation is not for me to tell you to watch it because I don't know what people are able to tolerate in a story like this. Oh my goodness. I remember him on the news. And so mainly for me, it was like, Oh shoot. You know, like, I remember the behavioral scientist analysis person was like, oh, his arms are crossed. And, oh, why did he smile right there? Why does he look, you know, so they were like already looking at his behavior when he was first interviewed on TV in the public. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, I just want them to come home. And where are you? Please come home and stuff like that. Well, this documentary was so far in depth. They had love letters. They had text messages. They had Facebook videos that Shanann had made. She loved her family. She loved her husband. She loved her family a lot. Her family was everything. And so it was just amazing that they were able to document or receive all this documentation uh, to create this documentary. There was, I don't recall there being any, any, uh, personal or personnel interviews. It was purely, um, uh, documentation and it was amazing how much they even had, uh, the interrogation, they had the confession. It was crazy. It was crazy. And so this documentary sat with me for a few days after watching this, how this person, uh, could commit such a heinous, heinous act of violence heinous like mm, i don't yeah, understand i know i don't understand yeah. this is pure evil yeah so uh to find out why he did what he did you're gonna have to watch it <laughs> no spoilers here <laughs> this man was sick yeah sick oh, i don't wow. even know if he yeah. made it in jail like i yeah. if i knew if i were there and i knew that this man was coming in i would not allow that man to live yeah like that's crazy yeah hi hi what's even crazy to me too is in the documentary people were like 
like they had even thrown it out there like she drove him to this and i'm like oh my goodness how can people even say that yeah yeah i know i don't know bizarre yeah but i don't know somebody or like i had seen some posts about this documentary and um like uh in one of the blogs that I read, they, they had a video of the body cam from the police officer. And they're like, look, there's a ghost in the bedroom, but it happened to be a real person. And like, so that's what made me watch it. Cause like I had seen it in this blog and I was like, Oh, what? There's a ghost. Yeah. So then I looked and I was like, Oh, so then I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. Cause this, yeah. And so I think the, like all this information was given to the production company through the family of Shanann. I think that's how they received all this uh, stuff. So, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Really heartbreaking. Wow. I don't know why I watch stuff like this, but it's just... (laughs) That's okay. It's on... Actually, Jonathan watched it too, and he's starting to tell me a little bit about it, and he's all, oh, Mom, you should watch this. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you're not the only one, because he watched it too. Yeah. Um, oh, so then the other show that I tried watching, but I, I didn't get very far, is um, uh, the show on Showtime. It's called The Shy. And I've talked about it before because I was really into it. And first, like, I think there, I think I watched two seasons. Well, I knew that some characters had died before they last, when they last left off. But, like... When I started this new season, like so many people had left the show. I was like, how is this even, how can they even do that? Like how, so I was kind of, I was actually really disappointed. I was waiting to see people. And then like in the middle of the show, we went to one of the main characters funerals and I'm all, what? He's dead? (laughs) It just, I don't know. I don't know how they did that. I have to read about what was going on and like where these characters went in real life. Why did they didn't come back to the show or what happened? I don't understand. I just didn't expect that to happen. So I'm kind of bummed about that because I really liked the show and I loved those characters. So I'm not sure like if more of these characters are not coming back, but I really only got through one episode of it and it was a good episode it was just really disappointing to know that uh, so much had changed from the season break and I think there was a longer break in between seasons as well so uh, it's just kind of one of those things where you you know when you're committed to something and then you're not used to the change and you just don't know if you're ready to commit yeah. back to it so but I tried and I'll, I might try again but that's what I've been up to Oh, well, thank you, Brooke. Thank you for your recommendations. Yeah, and thank you for your recommendations as well. You're welcome. All righty. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are so grateful that you tuned in, and we do hope that something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity, or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. If you could do us a big favor and rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, we could really, really use your feedback. 
Yes, thank you. We'll be uploading new episodes in a couple of weeks. The next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 6, Episodes 3 and 4. And we're also going to talk about the world beyond. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.